chasingruse.com. If you haven't been there yet, do you even listen to this podcast? Of course, it is the online store for international rugby league fans. We are proud of the stock we have on there. We've got some exciting things coming as well, like some USA Hawk stuff and some Filipino, new Filipino jerseys for their match against Brazil in a few weeks' time. We're really excited. Just had a guy, I won't name him, but some absolute champion who, of course, listens to the show. He just bought himself a Peru Rugby League jersey, along with a Netherlands Rugby League jersey, along with one of my favourites, the Cameroon jersey and a Ghana jersey. Absolute champion. He's going to be a lucky man. Um, yeah, wearing wearing some very unique kit around the place, around the gym, around the shops, wherever he wants. Uh, you can do it to chasingroos.com. And of course, as a listener of the show, you get your 10% discount. Just use the code what is up. One word, what is up. The same way I start the podcast every week is the same way we start our very first uh, discount code. So get 10% off, jump on chasingroos.com. Of course, I need to thank our man, Matty Haynes, absolute amazing supporter of this podcast. Check him out, matthaynesport.com.au. Uh, his logo designs, jersey designs, phenomenal also produces kit as well. If you need your kit designed, if you need it produced, let him know you are a kangaroo chaser. He'll give you 10% off his kit production as well. Uh, big thanks for your support, Maddie. Love having you on board as a sponsor this year, and we will keep giving you love. We know You know our fans love you as well. All right, guys, let's go on with the show. up kangaroo chasers and this week our narl deep dive continues with big t sitting down with mark offerdoll the man they call captain america he's a part owner of the new york freedom and you're going to find out a lot more about him in this chat they chat about the club's decision to axe tony williams which which was huge how the freedom were almost called the tigers which t was bummed about and plans to grow the new york fan base so much more as well guys i enjoyed listening to this chat as a fan, and I know you will too. Uh, if you're a new listener, as I always say, welcome. And if you enjoy this episode, I recommend you taking a look at our back catalogue. In particular, have a listen to episode 74. It's called New York Rugby League. It was my chat with Ricky Wilby. Now, this episode back then will give you some insight into the original New York bid for the English, uh, English Pyramid. And the New York Freedom Make no mistake, this is a different club, but they did take on the social media handles of that old New York bid. And of course, Ricky Wilby is heavily involved with the NARL, so it might give you some good context. I really recommend it. It's in our top five most listened to episodes of all time, so go check that out if you haven't already, or go listen to it again if you're, if you're a regular kangaroo chaser. And if you are, welcome back. Uh, we appreciate your listenership. We appreciate you. I hope you love this episode. 
Um, I absolutely loved it. Big T did his homework. You can hear his passion. It was a great chat with Mark Offerdahl. Uh, thanks for all the feedback on this series, guys, and also our new series, Chasers, which Big T and I released last week. Uh, it's kind of the original concept of Chasing Kangaroos. We brought it back. We made it a bit more fun. It's a little more professional. And uh, the feedback has been absolutely amazing. I'm over- I didn't expect it, put it that way. And we'll bring you episode two next week. So get ready for that, guys. But okay, that's enough from me. Over to Big T and Mark Offerdahl. Sitting patiently on the phone with me is a man affectionately known as Captain America. He was a member of the USA squad for both the 2013 and 2017 World Cups. He's previously played at the AS Castlesong in France. You can have to tell me with that pronunciation. North Wales Crusaders in Wales and the London Broncos in Sheffield Eagles in England. He is currently the owner of the New York Freedom Rugby League team. Mark Offerdahl, welcome to Chasing Kangaroos. Yeah, yeah, Carcassonne. Carcassonne, oh my um, God, that, that's a, such an easy word. <laughs> yeah, Carcassonne, co-owner as well. So CJ Cordellano is the other coach and co-owner with me. But um, yeah, played. I played at, um, I'll give East Tigers back in Brisbane a shout out as well. I played a few years down down there in Q Cup um, before I went over to Carcassonne. But then yeah, now I'm in, stuck in um, New York. Yeah, well, not a bad place to be stuck, mate. Uh, East Tigers, yeah. that's my favourite Brisbane team. I didn't know that. That's great. Yeah, no, I was there for three years um, before I started, uh, before I went overseas and started travelling. Have you kept abreast of their uh, attempts to try and get into the NRL? The Firebirds, yeah, I've been following them. Um, yeah, there's there's some good bids up there. I think Redcliffe's it looks like the strongest, but I've, we also know, um, so Ipswich, mm. I think, obviously, Brisbane Jets, or they're going to be called. Um, the guy that's heading that is Jono. Um, he used to be the 2013 team manager for the USA team. Um, so Steve Johnson. Mm. But yeah, so I, I got a bit torn between like you know whether I want them to get in there because we all love Jono. But yeah, it's 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 going to be hard. I don't know who'll make it. But Redcliffe seems to have the stadium and everything set up. It's a great thing that's building quickly in Queensland. It just like great things are building quickly in the States at the moment. But before we get too much into the NARL and the freedom, first of all, straight off the baseball bat, you've got a very charming photo of you and your partner on your Facebook profile. You're wearing a Minnesota Twins hat. Is that your baseball mm-hmm. team or are you just swept up in the amazingness that is the American sporting merch? Uh, no, my, I got it for my, I think I got it for my brother and he didn't want it. That's what <laughs> he goes for. So he took another. He took a different one. Oh right. Um, I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember what it was. I just bought three hats. One for my dad, and we see my dad's from Wisconsin, so I got him a Milwaukee one, and uh, and um, he just didn't want it, so I took it. All right. Well, they uh, they ended up winning today, ten 0 over Cleveland. So it's a good time to be wearing them. Um, mm. How do you describe the feeling within the organisation at the moment this week? What's the feeling there? In our organisation, it's, it's we're just. Full full um, board training and getting getting things ready for when our imports get over here, um, and then behind the scenes we're still chasing sponsors and um, setting up fields and doing all that sort of stuff. But the feelings are good. Everyone's excited, all mm. the players and everything. Everyone's really excited and can't wait for that first game to happen. But we we've still got plenty of work to do, and before we're up to scratch anyway. But you know, America's it's full of athletes, so it's it's easy to coach them. They're 
really good, really good guys on the field to, um, you know, with the listening and, and putting it into practice. So, yeah, it's a pleasure to coach them, but we'll get there. Has that been the biggest cultural difference you've found, is, is the ease it is to coach it because they're just that they're of a different cultural upbringing from in kids or, or whatever and teenagers and becoming athletes and, and being so serious about it? With, with that, yeah, that, like that part's easy to coach. But, I mean, in Australia they grew up playing the game, so it's a lot easier to coach there. But, um, yeah, the attitudes here are next level. Um, like they just, yes, sir, no, sir, let's, yes, coach, blah, blah, blah. Mm. Um, you get the one or two bad eggs, you don't really need them in the team. Just, there's no room for them. But, yeah, it's the attitudes here of the players is, is awesome. Now, you're saying before you, a lot of work to do, things that aren't to scratch yet. Is that mainly off-field? Is that also on-field? What were you imagining then when you said that? Both, both. So um, the, the, a lot of boys have played league before, but the – you know, on-field, your tackle management, your um, ins and outs of the games, like just little nuances like where to position yourself and whatnot, um, they, they, they need to be coached up, which they are, and that's just a repetition thing. The more we do it, the better they're going to get at it before it becomes second nature. And, yeah, and off the field, we're a brand-new club, so we're still chasing, you know, sponsors and making connections and looking for our home field for the year and, and beyond and that sort of stuff, so... Yeah, got, that's going to be going on for a few years, trying to mm. build up relationships within the city. Now, you just spoke as, as well about imports that you're wanting to get in. I really want to talk about the Tony Williams thing. How did that decision come about? Uh, my wife actually made the decision straight away, and then we just agreed with her. Um, about Yeah, so it, it had to, you have to. We're, we're a new club, but you have to, I think any club in the world should have done that um, if you want to give, the, give rugby league a good name and a good showing. It's 2021 now. We can't keep pissing around and, you know, giving everyone second chances for things they know they shouldn't have done and they're stupid. So, yeah, it, it had to be done. Fantastically it's said. Pretty, it's pretty What's that, sorry? It was fantastically said. I couldn't have said it better myself. Thank you, Mark. And, I, yeah. and on, of the, on, part, uh, on behalf of the rugby league community, so I thank and applaud you guys for taking that stance because it's very easy now for you to say that's what you should have done. Um, and I agree, mm. it's, it, it looks like the thing you should have done, but that is not at all the thing that a lot of um, people in your position well, have done over and over again. So I really appreciate you did it. That's, that's, what, that's what we mean when we're talking about. It. It's, it's a clear-cut decision. It's a yes or a no. There's no, there's no real investigation needs to go into it. Mm. Like other clubs put out things, oh, we're investigating it now. And there's nothing to investigate. It's been said, you can see the evidence is there, you can see it, make a decision. Um, and it should be a stance that every club. I, I think the actual leagues should put the stance in and go. Look, we're going to take the take it off you. We're making the decision. They're in, they're out. You know. So and then it's just clear cut. Okay, I um, agree. Because I agree. That's got that's got the game overall at, at heart. There, doesn't it? It's not you know given some clubs. All they're worried about is winning, winning, winning. That's right. But, it's just like a detrimental effect on the actual game itself. No, perfectly said. Um, and which has just made the – we had this interview lined up even before that happened, but once I saw that happen, I was even more excited about speaking to you about it because you just seemed like a, a great cultural influence, not just something that the rugby league would be great in New York, but now having just a, a bunch of people that think like this uh, within this community is going to be fantastic. Now, tell us how the name New York Freedom came about. Our wife again. My wife, yeah. She oh, she's unreal. We were just wrapped. Yeah, we were rattling our brains for names and everything, and I kept coming up with scary animals and <laughs> whatnot because I, I didn't know what I didn't know what to think. Because um, 
And then she brought that up and we just said it a few times. We said, oh, that sounds pretty cool. And we'll get, obviously, the Statue of Liberty represents freedom and whatnot. And um, so, yeah, we we just, we ran with that. We told a couple of, we told a couple of US people and they loved it. And then we told more and they loved it. We told a couple of Australians and they're like, oh, that sounds stupid. <laughs> like, uh, actually, I actually told one mate that um, he laughed, he laughed, but, He's from the Northern Pride. And I said, mate, you're from the Northern Pride. Yeah, yeah. What's, what's the difference? Um, but, yeah, so, it is, yeah, it was, it was good. It was once once we um, agreed on it, it was, yeah, awesome, awesome decision. Well, I'm just loving how much she's coming up because well, when I say that you and I, well, we'd had this, this uh, interview lined up, Weeks ago, you and I didn't, of course. You and your partner did. So she's been in, she's been all over this interview before we even started. I'm loving it. So tell me some other ridiculous names. A, a, a mess, as silly as this sounds, I'm kind of interested in the scary animals you came up with. What were the other decision? Uh, the other ones? I on had the a, table? I had a black bear originally. Yeah. Um, the New York black bears because there's there's black bears around here. Um, I wanted to take the name the stags. Because um, there's a shitload of deer here as well, <laughs> uh, we had we had one called the Champs because there's a mythical um, Native American creature that lives in a lake up here in Ch- Lake Champion. It's just north of the city. Um, it's apparently a big serpent that um, you know attacks blah blah blah. But if you're coming dead last and you're called the New York Champs, it doesn't <laughs> really look good. Yeah. So. Yeah, we had a we had a logo and everything done for that, ready to go. But um, yeah, we had to we had to pull that idea. And I'm hearing that Tigers wasn't one of them. And, and I got to tell you, Mark, the New York Tigers was just making me so excited. When you hadn't had a name yet, I, was, I would go to sleep every night thinking, God, if it's the New York Tigers, I'm going to absolutely die. But that wasn't even on the table. Yeah. The, the Tigers was on the table. Oh, um, don't say. I should have asked. We had, we had. Um, I can't remember who it was. They. Was it you? I think it might have been you guys. Didn't you design oh, logos? Oh, we designed logos for everyone. I, I wouldn't have known that it was for you, but yeah, okay. Yeah, great. Yeah, someone designed it because of the Bronx. Matt the Bronx, Hayes, in the Bronx. Yeah. yeah, in the Bronx in, um, I don't know, the 80s or 70s or 80s, the Tiger got loose and obviously the Bronx Zoo's <laughs> down there as well. So um, they did they design it. It looked good, but we just thought, you know, we need to be different. We yeah. need to stand out because we're, we're nobodies at the moment, so. So what does yeah. the freedom what does the freedom bit stand for as a brand? What what's the kind of marketing or ideas that you want to kind of evoke around that? Well, probably better off asking my wife. Actually, <laughs> um, I'll put her on. Go for it. Talk, Jan. No. Hello. Hi. It was so lovely talking to you via DMs for so long, <laughs> and pretty much everything Mark said so far is. You know, my wife said this, and this was my wife's idea. So he's very sensible. We just cut straight to you. We were just talking about the branding of freedom. Um, what was what's the kind of brand identity or, or the kind of things you want to evoke when people think about that? Wanted to go for um, a more minimal, I guess, a more minimalist. But um, the city, you know, you think of um, New York, and it's all about style, fashion. Um, and people have a, a New York sense of style is what, what we sort of got that impression. Mm. So we wanted to be kind of reflecting that, but also when you look at all the other teams, the NY is very prominent in, in every New, New York sporting team. So we wanted to go along that route just because it's a, like a continuous thing with you know, all the teams that we've seen, um, and it, straight away, you know, it's New York, and the Statue of Liberty being the most 
sort of iconic, mm. probably the most iconic um, building in the city, plus the, the freedom thing, and that's kind of how the, the name came about. Um, so quite, I guess quite classic, classic American um, was the, the look rather than the general rugby league um, logos. Yeah. Uh, they have a, have a similar sort of look. Yeah, great. That makes heaps of sense. Thanks. I'm back. I'm back. Oh, okay. Well, and look, at, d- divert to her whenever you need to. She's really well spoken. Um, now, so I can, listening to you, you have an Australian accent. Obviously, your partner has uh, sounded like a British one. But you yourself yeah. have represented the red, white and blue at an international level, including World Cup. So how did you end up qualifying for those? Through, through my, fa- my father. Um, he is a half-half, so he's American, passport holder through his dad, who's native Wisconsin, um, born and bred, World War Two, mm. And then during World War Two, he was stationed in um, Sydney, where he met my grandmother, um, because he was fighting in Papua New Guinea and doing all that stuff, and um, met my grandmother, had my dad, they all moved to the US for a while, and then his dad passed away, so they moved back, and then dad went back in his 20s and ended up getting conscripted and went to Korea. So um wow. through war. Yeah, so it's pretty crazy. But yeah, so he's he's real passionate. Um American, but he's obviously Australian as well. So yeah, and when I was born he just made sure I got a passport and um I've been coming and going ever since. Sensible bloke and, and that sounds fantastic. Also thank you and your family for all of your commitments to armed forces as well. That's an incredible commitment. Mm. Um Okay, now a bit of a straight from that lovely thought to to a bit of an unusual one. Tell me about your original your original stint for the White Plains Wombats, arguably one of the greatest rugby league names of all time in the USA. What was that experience like? Um, well, I did. I've never played for them. Oh. I, I I played for the Connecticut Wildcats in 2013, and then they we won the comp, and then they when the AMNRL folded, they sort of folded, and then a new team. Same people, same things came about called White Plains Wombats because all the players lived in White Plains. Um, and we you're Australian? How did you come up with Wombats? I, I was just on the group chat and um, <laughs> I, was just throw, I was just throwing names out. And there's a team out near us called the Warrior Elder Wombats um, in, from, in Gundawindi where I'm from. And I just threw the name out there. I said, what about the Wombats? And they go, yeah, that'll be, that'll be classic. We'll change, it. we'll change it down the track when we've got a better one. But they just never changed it. So... Um, yeah, and then, yeah, but they're, obviously they're, they've become the New York Freedom now as long, as well as the New York Knights have become the New York Freedom. And so I'm assuming your wife heard that, that story as well and went, okay, well, White Plains Wombat was cute, but I don't want you naming the team of the New York nah, team, which is why she took it was, it was more of, yeah, it was more of a, um, just be like a, you know, a joke, a comical yeah, thing yeah. that just took off. Okay, yeah. so you've played for the USA as a hawk and a tomahawk. When you moved back to the mm. States, you mentioned that you'd love to see the Tomahawk brand come back. Is that still a possibility? It is. It is. So the name itself is um, still owned by the same people, um, Kelly Wade McGill in Hawaii, who were trying to get involved in this new league over time. Because like, people like him and Steve Johnson back in Australia, and they're passionate um, just about rugby league in general. So right. they'll do anything they can. To- They've actually offered the name to the USARL a few times. Um, but obviously they've turned it down. So I don't, you know, it's we, we both know why all that mm. fighting and hazing, whatever. But 
Uh, all the ex-players want to see the Tomahawk name put back there because that was the name we went to 2013. We made the quarterfinals, and it's it's been there since you know, forever. There's been some big games in there, so everyone's real passionate about it. And I think it's a good way to bring all the old players in America because there's heaps of them, all the old players in America back together, um, and we can all work together. You know, just a simple thing like that, changing the name back to what it should be. It's you know, it's it's like changing the kangaroos. Mm. It's when they did it, it was, you know, I was ropeable when they did it. A lot of the old 2013 players were just, you know, it was ridiculous. They were, they were very angry about it. So getting it back is a big, yeah, it'll be a big um, side side um, project for me, but uh, hopefully it can get it done. I guess also a sport with such a small history, it would be, you know, welcome to, to, to respect and, and uphold as much of the history that it has as long as it can. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, well, let's take yeah. me back to the beginnings of New York Rugby League. How did that first come about? We, me and my wife were just over here. We moved over here last September and opened a gym. Um, just wanted a sea change, basically. And, yeah, and then uh, Ricky called us up and said this new league starting. And we said, okay, we'll, you know, we'll, get, we'll get a New York team going for you. So me and CJ Corlano, um started up the New York team. That was about it. We just went from there and then sort of learnt a lot of things as we went, um, picking up, you know, we did, we, some things we didn't even know we had to do. And, <laughs> yeah, as learning, as we, learning as we went along. CJ's very um, business-minded and, you know, runs a big company as well, so he, he does the, most of that stuff pretty easy. Was CJ the person you mentioned at the top who's also still the co-owner with you now? Yeah. yeah. So he, he okay. co-coaches as well. Yeah, great. Um, okay, and what were some of the unique challenges that came about trying to create a rugby league team, I mean, in general, but also in the USA? Um, creating the team was easy. You just set up an LLC and go from there, put some branding out. Getting getting players and all that involved um, was a bit harder. We wanted to have open open tryouts and that, but it's, you just, it'd be chaos. So we had to have invite-only tryouts. Really? Um yeah, well, I know everyone does the open open tryout thing, but we we got thirty to our to our um, invite only one. So, and it what it what it does is like at an open tryout, you'll get people there, and this is no no offense, but they just have no business being there. Yeah, right. And it just wrecks wrecks it for the other people that are actually legit trying to you know make a make a go of this and earn some money out of it, and you know, but we might. You know, years down the track, once we're established and we didn't, you know, we had like a two-month preseason to get all this done, we might, you know, have some open ones or open games or something like that. But it was just hard to hard to manage at this time. How do you even find those people to invite them? Social media. You yeah. just go crazy on social media. You get on all the rugby union um, pages, you share it in rugby union circles that you know and the word gets out there, mm. X, like the Wombats page, the Knights page and... Um, people power eventually just gets it out there. Isn't that phenomenal? It's amazing that we live in a time yeah. where that, that can just happen like that. Oh, so, yeah, obviously, so, we just talked about Tony Williams before. It's got its downsides and, and it's got its upsides. So per- personally, myself, if I didn't have, um, you know, businesses like the gym and, and then the freedom, I probably wouldn't be on social media because I get caught scrolling on it constantly. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, it does have its upsides and downsides. So 
America is fantastic. Your family's a tribute to that. They're Australian and American and are constantly trying to keep themselves connected to America. What can the wonderful world of America bring to this this English Australian sport, essentially? Um, well, they they've got if if it if you do capture like I think one or two percent of the TV mark, you know, market, there's millions and millions and billions of dollars there. Um, and I think it's in every other country that plays rugby league's best interest to get a big here. If you've got a league here. There's another avenue for your players from Australia, from England, that don't make the NRL, that don't make the Super League. It's another avenue for them to go play in. Mm. It's another avenue for French players to go play in, which in turn is going to encourage younger kids to play it. They go, oh, I've got a chance. I might, go, I might be able to go to America. Like, yeah. you know, that sounds pretty important. Everyone wants to go to America. Yeah. So um, play the sport that you can go over and play. You know, if they, they need to think about it like that. And also corporate sponsors that will come off the back of it. Who knows what introductions might be made with big American companies that could help out the NRL, the Super League, uh, French Elite One, you know, things like that. It's it, You've got to look at it from that growth potential. You can't be small-minded and say, oh, they're going to steal players. We're not going to steal players. We're only, we're only allowed five imports per team and we're not going to be anywhere near the NRL within the next 10, 15 years. So mm. it's, you know, it's... It's silly to think that we'll get some fringe players every now and then that want to have a travel and an adventure. That's about it. And so you think that that kind of um, conspiracy theory vibe is real, that like the, the NRL and Super League wouldn't want to invest in America or haven't invested in America because they're worried that eventually America will take it over? No, no, I don't think they... Oh, good. Well, I don't know. I don't know if they're worried we'll take it over. I just think they're more worried about their own back, backyard, mm. which is fair enough. But... Our growing our backyard is going to make theirs grow as well. Is that, that's what we're trying to get across to them? Um, because if this if this doesn't work over here, then rugby league will be you know dead in the water. Um, there's not it's it's too small. Rugby union is getting big. It's got the MLR. They're pay, paying good money. It's on TV. They paid in co- uh, colleges and high schools now. Like I coach at, um, at a high school doing their fitness, and it's they got three teams packed out 20, 20, 20 kids in each team for rugby union. Mm. So we're, we're behind the eight ball big time and we need to step it up. We need help. Otherwise, the game's not going to do anything. Mm. Okay, well, let's, let's specifically look at New York because it particularly is the greatest sporting market probably in the world. The Knicks have just recently made the finals for the first time since 2013 and most players over the last decade have said that playing at the Garden is the greatest place to play basketball. And also this week the Yankees just had – one of the first no-hitters in a long time. They had a triple play at the top of the ninth. Now, all of these things that I can easily find uh, in Australia as a fringe New York sports fan. So how on earth mm-hmm. does rugby league compete in a, in a market like that? Um, you just could be different. We've just got to offer a different product at a different time. I think we're offering it at, during baseball season, so there's no more contact sports going on. Uh, I think we run... We might run into the start of the NFL season. I'm not sure what the actual date of that starting is, but it's just that the timing is all we got is a bit different. If anyone wants to see contact sport outside of um, NFL, ice hockey, and um, I guess I wouldn't call basketball, but you know we're mm. we're in that little little gap there, and it's a different sport. So you just you're going to have to market yourself. You're going to have to build up a small fan base. Um, we're going to have to build up a fan base. So we'll get some rugby union people coming and watching, but that's not the fan base that we want. Um, we want to sell it to you know Americans over here that want to learn a new sport and um, get involved in something. 
one way I guess you do that is through the people that have playing for you and the personalities. So who do you want, who are the kind of people you want in your team? Who, who do you want your team to be? Our, we want our team to be, um, we want some personalities, but I don't, we don't want personalities that are going to get us in trouble. We want personalities <laughs> that are going to, um, you know, do the right thing on and off the field and um, keep, stay off social media. Do, you know, do, we want to we fly under the radar in that sense. We don't want to be the, the big flashy um, super, one or two superstars. We want to have a team of, team of cons, um, good people, um, you know, good performers that work together as a team. And then we want the actual team itself to be the shining light. Um, you know, we want to be that Melbourne storm of the competition. Everyone just turns up, does the job. You, you know, you're, you're predictable. You know, what's, you know what you're going to get out of them. You're going to get a good game. You're going to get a good showing and, you know, build a, build a fan base behind that. And so the, talk me through some of the key signings that you guys have got um, so far on your, on your books. Uh, we have. So the first one um, we got was Joe Eichner. Yeah. From so he'd been playing at Northern Pride, and we have Rory Humphreys. So he's from Ipswich Jets. I'm not sure he's not playing at the moment, but he's a USA um, international. So that was an easy one for us. And then we had yeah uh, yesterday or the day day before I think we announced um, Blake Leary. Mm. Uh, Player. So we, you can see the theme we're sort of going for. We're going for Queensland Cup, middle to late 20s. Um, They've got experience and are good people, really. So after we learned our lesson with Tony Williams, so we changed our tune a bit there. Um, and if we you know if we do get any more people, it'll be along the same sort of line. They'll be Queensland Cup stalwarts or fringe NRL, mid to late 20s um, that you know, are going to put in behind the scenes at the club as well and not just um, hit going over here to party and, um, and you know, play footy. And and are you looking also at that positionally or is it mainly just a kind of personality, like hard-working kind of person, doesn't matter the position? No, we look at positionality. You need people. So Rory's a ball player. Um, Blake can get into hooker if he needs to. And um, you're looking at those sort of positions there. We don't really, you know, I'm not going to go out and buy a front rower um, anytime soon or um, yeah. a winger. But, you know, you, you need those because that, that's a big part of your league. League halves and hookers are different than union halves and hookers. So it's hard to convert them over over here. Mm. Um, so you need, need someone over here helping coach that and um, they'll pick it up easier. Now, I saw the schedule also came out for the NARL. Um, I saw them at ChasingRoos.com. And so you've, you guys have got fan favourites Cleveland Rugby League. Now, you and I talked about how social media is an amazing thing and a terrible thing. Well, they are incredible on their socials. So everyone knows Cleveland Rugby League and the blue tick Monte Gattis. So you've got that one first. Mm. What's, what's, uh, what's your feeling about that? Was, that? was that a relief? Was that excitement? What's, what's your feeling about Cleveland Rugby League? Uh, well, I just hope they, I hope they have a good competitive season. They're, they're new to everything. So um, they seem to be doing pretty well. They signed a few players and they've got Glenn Morrison who's – um, I've met him a few times. He's really good um, with anything he works with. So hopefully they just get a good competitive season. And um, yeah, that's that's about it. I just wish them all the best. And the Subway Series is kind of how you end. You guys play with the the Brooklyn Kings, who are the kind of arguably the the, the team to beat. I guess since since they won the last competition of sorts. It, it, do you also mm. see them as the kind of the the outsiders, or, or how do you see Brooklyn? No, they're, they're established. They've got sponsors. They've got um, investors and everything. So 
they're they're established. They got apartments to house their players in and everything. Um, so I see them as the front runners. But yeah, so we're we're trying to compete with them. Okay, and so freedom going to win the championship is it against is it against Brooklyn that game or? Uh, you'd hope so. So yeah, one two. Um, so one plays four, two plays three. So yeah, it definitely could end up like that. It depends. But Atlanta's looking really strong as well. They've made some real good signings, um, and they they won the USA role in two thousand seventeen. Mm. So they've got you know they've got some players there. And there's a there's a big Polynesian uh, population down there that loved rugby league. Um, so they could be a force. Thinking about that, do you think once the first season gets through, once we're done around late August? Do you think there's a big player swap over that um, over the off season, preseason? Once everyone kind of sees what's what's happening in our what's happening in that landscape, and you go, actually, you know what? We need that lock from that team, and we probably need the center from that team. And, and there's a bit of a there's a big shift. Do you think, or do you think it stays quite similar, and, and you just pick up fringe people from still out uh, parts of the country? Um, we won't. We'll we'll just keep developing New York talent unless. Unless that player wants to move to New York and give it a crack, we're not going to um, shun away a local person from New York now anyway. Mm. Um, you know, to our money for um, flying people in and getting housing and that goes to our imports. So we need to, and the rest of the money we want to give to our local players. So we're going to develop our local players and get them going first before we start looking at that. Um, it, that depends. If that's you know a player coming from Atlanta, Washington, that's the case. But if it's someone coming from a place where there's no rugby league at all, then we'll you know that'll be a different story. Um, but yeah, we just don't see the need to. I don't personally see the need to take players from other teams that you know in the, in such a young comp like this. Yeah, great. I think that's a, that's a similar story. That everyone's here also trying to promote and and grow rugby league rather than just get the dubs. Yeah. Um, okay, so what kind of fan? You mentioned before that you, you're looking for a fan base to build slowly. What kind of fan are you trying to attract locally? What, what's the kind of New York person you, you're aiming your team at? I don't. Yeah, it's it's a hard one. I'm I'm thinking more that um, that NFL or baseball fan that sits right up in the bleachers drinking beer. To be honest, <laughs> yeah. I don't. You know, I think rugby union sort of gets the the ones sitting closer to the field, um, the more affluent. Sort of things, but we're rugby league, so let's you know, let's be rugby league, and let's just get the numbers in here and get the thumbs on the seats and get you know, make it a party for them, make it fun like Toronto did. And so, how do you do that? Are you, are you trying to find live music in the time of COVID? Are you, are you trying to do? I think they had a beer. They they may have had a brewery. I think come in and, and do a day or, or put on lunch and things like that. How, how do you create that kind of party atmosphere in New York? They had beer tents. They had yeah. like a mini freaking Oktoberfest going on. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was awesome. Yeah, you know, that's the thing. And you give away, give away tickets. Just give them away. That's and that's what you got to do. You got to do it for the first few years. But we got to find a proper stadium first. Um, COVID restrictions. All the stadiums are like, no, can't use it. Can't use it. Can't use it. So we're, you know, we need to get that sorted out. But it'll be easy. That's another one of my wife's um, skills. She's in um, events um, as, as well as branding and that. So she does events. So she'll be able to organise events and that sort of stuff for us when that gets going but i don't think it should be too hard to promote if we promote look it's you know free entry or it's donation entry and five dollar beers or something like that mm. you're gonna you're gonna have people come on the front and center you're gonna have me flying over mate you're, you're making it sound so exciting mm. um again globally i'm already one of your fans so what kind of fan are you trying to attract or get globally 
And how important, really? No, answer the first question before I ask the next one. Sorry. How are you going to do global fans? Um, that's another question for my wife. I guess we're going to try and get a heap of um, merchandise ready. Yep. Uh, as we as we go, and you know, we'll sell that pretty cheap, and probably we won't make much on that. It'll just be them paying because they have to pay shipping and whatnot. So we'll get as much merchandise around the world as we can. I'm sure she'll come up with some social media campaigns um, to get them on camera talking and supporting us. We've got a – someone's already started a fans fans club page for us. Great. Uh, and we didn't even ask for that. That's just someone's taken control of that and, and done that. Um, but, yeah, and then we'll encourage them uh, down the track. We'll, you know, work with some travel agencies once we get bigger and um, give them, offer some packages to, for them to come over during the summer for, a, you know, a week or a weekend and come to two of our games and travel with us, maybe have one in New York and then go one in, down in Atlanta or something like that and make oh, it a shit. fun – well, you, you know, it, they'd be paying it, obviously. But yeah, you could. but I'm already going to do that trip anyway. And now I get rugby yeah. league and I travel with the team. This sounds insanely amazing. Mm. Well, it's, it, it wouldn't be hard to organise. You just get, you know, go with the travel agency and say, look, this is what we want to do. Come up with a price, get a discount, offer it to the fans from around the world. I'm sure some would jump up on it, and you'd have, yeah, you'd have, you know, people coming over for holidays. Because uh, how many people come to New York on holidays in summer anyway? All so. the time. Yeah, exactly. You're talking so to one of them. Stuff. My mind is honestly, I don't know if you can hear it my voice, but I've changed how I'm talking because this is crazy. This is the most amazing idea. Any, oh, I, I just can't believe how – it's obviously an idea you've already had and so it sounds very normal to you, but to me I'm sitting here sweating, can't believe that I'm going to travel to New York now or travel to America and watch rugby league and tour with stuff. Can't wait to tell my wife. Mm. Um, okay, <laughs> so, so that's that's – do, do you aim that global thing at Australia and England, or you just, or do you try and aim that at everyone like who's coming to America? No, they'd have to be league fans. Mm. But if you made, if you made so business-minded thinking, if you made the the offer of the um, you know the flights and the hotels and the package, if you've got a good offer with the travel agency or whatever, in that sense, um, people might just buy it just because it's a better offer to yeah. get to the country. So, but then you'd have to have some stipulations that they come and watch the game and then who knows, they fall in love. I've had many people saying they're on their way to New York, like September, August, September, and they want to come and see a game whilst mm. they're here for work or holiday. So, yeah, it's, you'd, you'd, you'd have to tap into the league community first, but you could go, you know, France, um, New Zealand, England, Australia, mm. everywhere. Even South Africa, you could get, like, rugby union people know what league is. Everyone over here, even the union players, they all watch the NRL highlights. Really? Everyone watches, everyone watches the NRL highlights. They, they love it. They think it's crazy. But then you say to some of them, well, why don't you come and play? Oh, no, no, no. It's too, it's too hard for me. Really? I'm like, well, it's, it's not that, yeah. Because they just, like, the highlights are obviously all, you know, backline moves and big hits and all that sort of stuff. So they think the whole game's like that. Um, which you know sort of is, but yeah. So get converting them across is um, is, is going to be the, more of a challenge. Okay, but the NRL accidentally or on purpose is actually really helping the growth and popularity of the gra- the game in in America. Then with those kind of highlight packages. Yeah, well, that's the same. It's the same in England. Like when I was over there, that's they love it. They they, they get on the every, everyone like. I guess it's like English Premier League for soccer fans. You know, in Australia. If you like, if you like football or soccer, as they call it, everyone's got a team in the English Premier League. Mm. Uh, 
same in America. Everyone's got a team in the English Premier League. It's the same for rugby league fans around the world. Everyone's got an NRL team. And look, I don't want to ask because you keep telling me how Queenslander you are, but do you have a, an NRL team? Because um, I, I grew up in Gundawindi. It was five hours west of Brisbane. Everyone went for Brisbane, so I hated Brisbane. That's not where I thought that was going. Okay. Oh, everyone else went from. I used to go for West Magpies. Oh, you goddamn legend, Mark. Oh, wow. Yeah. My, my dad played juniors there, but I don't know if you you won't like this. I hated the Tigers. Oh, that's all right. Um, because oh, yeah, because they're sort of they're, they're, they're sort of enemies. So um, I didn't I didn't I didn't keep going for them when they merged, and I started going for Canberra. Oh, that's I guess okay. The um, more more uh, because more because they've got a lot of Queenslanders in their team. Okay, not because of eighty nine. No, I was, what, I was three, yeah, two? Yeah, good, 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 good. Um, okay, great. So the, um, I just am now falling further in love with your dad. So your dad's got, your dad's got a, a half American, well, he's got an American father and an Australian mum, and then he, he serves in Korea, but then also he, he's an under, he, he played for West for a period of time, did you say, reserve grade for West? No, just, uh, I think it was just, he modified reserve grade back when they were at Lincoln Mobile. Lincoln Mobile. Yeah. He was born in um, 1945, so he's pretty old. But um, he, oh, he'd probably kill me when he hears this. But I think he might have played grade, yeah, reserve grade and juniors growing up because he lived around the corner from the Oval. So, um, yeah. Okay. He's got some memorabilia back home from some photos and stuff as well. Oh, wow. And did he also give up on the Tigers then as well, or was that just you? Um, I don't know who he goes for now. He just loves, loves watching footy, to be honest. He'll yeah. sit down and watch every game. Yeah, oh, God, I'm sending. What's that, Jenna? Oh, yeah, he's New South Welshman in the yeah. in the origin. <laughs> I love that she knows as well. We should have just asked her at the beginning. I love it. Um, okay, mate. Well, they're all the questions I have. Did you have anything else that you wanted to add before we go? No, no. Anytime you want to have a chat, just yeah, give us a buzz, and um, I'll get a coffee in me next time, so I'm a bit more perky. <laughs> but um, any 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 insights or anything or help you need, just message me or Jenna. Um, we'll give you. the best answer we can and yeah when you're ready to come over just let us know and um okay. we can hopefully... don't even say that mark that's yeah. making me too excited no re- relax don't start talking about me actually coming over I, I can't deal with it it's late at night and i need to go to bed soon so um <laughs> so i don't get too excited look we'll call you again once you guys have made the finals and, and you know but it's you versus brooklyn i'm gonna see who wins hopefully yeah hopefully <laughs> thanks mate well have a great rest of your day you too mate see you later thanks bye Chasing Kangaroos is brought to you by Matt Haynes Sport. We are mixed and produced by Paul Murchison. Our theme music was written and recorded by Ash Barco and Ricky Cancino. The podcast is hosted by me, Michael Carboni, and The Biggest Tiger. Views are our own. <laughs>